Hi, this is the Acquire Podcast from the Odd Phonic Podcast Network, and I'm Jenny Wright. Today, I've got niche marketing strategist Jason Wheeler. With years of entrepreneurial and management experience, Jason has honed his skills with a laser focus on marketing. He possesses a very unique gift of identifying untapped potential in both individuals and businesses, and always keeping an eye on the bigger picture when it comes to building successful ventures. Jason's journey into niche marketing was sparked by a really keen sense of observation while working within and for various businesses, and he quickly realized that solving the niche issue could create strategic clarity that so many businesses need. So I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, finally. (laughs) This has been a bit in the making, wanting to have you on. I shouldn't say finally, because this is like episode two, so I don't know. (laughs) You, you are the first guest, and there's a reason for it. And in starting off the podcast on the right foot, I think niche is such an important conversation because before you can have a really great, like a really great event or a really great list build or really great lead generation, you've got to start with the niche conversation. You have to make sure that that's like the foundation. Sure. I think the niche side of things, if that is incorrect, if you've got it wrong, everything from that point onward isn't quite right. So if that's the case, then what's a really good motivator? How would you explain the motivation to niche in for things in terms of like list building and lead generation and online events? Well, in those specific instances, I would have to say you are trying to target a very specific audience, one that is most likely going to become uh, an ideal client, uh, preferred type of person that you would want on your email list or a preferred participant. So it only makes sense for you to understand precisely who you're going after, who you're pursuing, who you're trying to get the attention of. If you understand that clearly, you can build a marketing campaign or you can build a structure or an event that will attract that specific type of person. If you don't, then you get what you get. You could get a much wider variety of people, some that do not actually fit your needs. Okay, let's let's go a little bit more specific and let's talk numbers and not necessarily numbers, but a little bit more granularity. And that would be if you are not niched in and you run an online summit or a challenge or any type of list build, if you create a lead magnet without knowing your, your niche, what do you think some of the ramifications are? Oh, well... The funny thing is, is that a lot of people actually do produce events like that. And some of them have great numbers and some of them have poor numbers. Now, the poor numbers issue is very easy because if you're not niched in, you're talking to everybody but nobody at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. If you're niched in wrong, it's quite possible that you could capture the attention of people you didn't intend to. And you could get this large swath of people that actually get involved in your event. Most of them might not be your people. You might have a few of them in there, but by no means would it be a concentrated group of people that you were actually trying to get the attention of in the first place. So you could get three, 4,000 people uh, attending your event, and because you're not niched in and your message is wrong and your targeting's wrong, it means those three or 4,000 people mostly are incorrect. It could be only a couple hundred out of those 4,000 people that actually 
are your people and you only got them by coincidence. Hmm. There is, there's a lot that I agree with there. Actually, I agree with everything that you said, but one of the things that I found over the years is that as people are getting more savvy, let's say with who they're willing to listen to or who they're willing to give their time to, that the importance of niche becomes that much more relevant. I remember years ago building online events or even putting on a lead magnet that felt very broad, very, very wide. And you'd still get a ton of people registering for it because people weren't that discerning. I don't think so. Like, I just don't think. And now everybody's like, eh, that's not for me because they've signed up for everything. They're willy-nilly with their signups at one point and everybody's got a hundred emails in their inbox every single day and they don't want that. So they're being a lot more discerning. Before we even launch an online event or before we do a lead magnet, before we do anything, we have to have that conversation of who your ideal client is, but it has to go deeper. Do you think it has to go with like psychographics and demographics? Like how deep do you have to niche before you hit the right audience? How do you know? You have to go as deep as you can until it becomes uncomfortable. Okay. And when I say uncomfortable, <laughs> there are people, when you start talking about niching in, there are people that are uncomfortable right away because they feel that if they niche in, they're putting themselves in a box and they're excluding a large quantity of the audience that potentially could help them, mm -hmm. which is inaccurate because to be honest, you could niche in so much and still have such a gargantuan audience that if you captured all of it, there's no way you could deal with all of those individuals in your business. You couldn't handle it. That's that's where people mess up. They think that if they niche in too tightly, they're only going to have 100 people to talk to when that number is more like several hundred thousand, if not several million. And that's why I say you would niche in until the point when it becomes uncomfortable. For me, that point is, when has it become so niched in, you're describing things that absolutely add no value to the definition of who your ideal client is. So you've gone so deep in the psychographics and the demographics that now you're talking about the flavor of ice cream or something? You're talking about geography, language, behavioral, psychographics, demographics, everything. When you get down to the nitty gritty of describing, let's say if you had a service, you're getting down to a group of people who would appreciate the particular way you deliver your service. Yeah, but you said if you, oh, if you, you want to go until it feels uncomfortable and then you know you've niched in enough. And my, my mention is like, if you're uncomfortable, then you're talking about like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Like you've gone that deep that it's almost irrelevant. Like the level of things, is that, yeah, is that it did, it, the, Yes. The things that would define your ideal client no longer add any value or no longer create a better targeting. Exactly. Like ever. that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I kind of thought you were trying to say. But what ends up happening most of the time is people blow past the whole niche exercise. Of course they're going to blow past it. So many people are so eager to get to market, put their shingle out, whatever, that they're willing to bypass this because nobody has made it very painfully aware for them that if they don't have these conversations and they don't do the niche, they still think they can put ABC product out and make hundreds of thousands of dollars while sitting on a beach taking pictures of their toes. Well, people think they already did the niche work. They have an idea of who they want to serve. Uh, they have an idea of what they think their product will do for those people. For some reason, when they have both those ideas, they think it's a perfect match. If they really looked into it, they could find out what is not working, what doesn't match up quite so well.
if you look at the way um, marketing works online now, it is easy for everybody to market online, almost to the same level as a large corporation. However, the large corporations are doing all the work of targeting and doing everything right. So when they spend a dollar on marketing, when they spend a minute on marketing, it's with a lot of intention and it's with precision. And just because we can access all those things at the same level as a corporation, there's no reason why people shouldn't put more thought into niching in and targeting the right way. Okay. When we're talking about somebody who's brand new to building an online business, my experience has always been that the niche conversation is very light. It's, it's really light it, because we're so, they're so eager to get to market, like I was saying, that they're willing to um, overlook a few things okay, and, and go right in feet first. And that's sort of how they go. And then I find what happens naturally is once they've done that and they're, you know, now they're trying it, they've made their first lead magnet or they've done their first thing, then they start to refine. It's almost like it's a, it's almost like they're approaching it a little bit backwards because there's this whole, uh, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad mentality, but there's the whole mentality of like, good is good enough for, you know, doesn't have to be perfect. Just get going, just start doing it. You'll figure it out as you go. Some of that I actually don't disagree with because I want people to be able to build their businesses or start a business and sitting in that niche conversation can kind of feel like you're building out a 300 page business plan before you ever get to like open your frozen yogurt store or something. But it's backwards thinking. This trial and error approach is something that a lot of service uh, suppliers or I guess services, online services, would love for you to keep on trying. Trial and error. Get out there, get your message out there, see if your ad works. Spend the dollars on ads, see if it works. Do A-B testing, see if that works. Try our application or our CRM, see if it works. And, you know, rinse and repeat. Keep on doing it and learn that way. And I think there is trial and error, but I think what people have discarded is there is still lots of room to measure twice and cut once instead of just going for it and going, well, I've got to be, you know, I've, I should just um, fail fast. <laughs> I hate that line. Me too. What's the point of doing that? Why can't you seriously consider who you're actually supposed to be targeting instead of saying, let's throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. Okay. And if it doesn't, what has happened already? You've wasted time and you've wasted money. If you do it again, your odds haven't really improved any because you're just, you've basically removed that one situation out of a million different ways of doing things. And then you try another and another and another. So it is always best to know precisely who you're talking to, or at least have a really, really good idea of who you should be talking to, or else potentially you're wasting time and money. Oh, definitely. I know that when I started online, I didn't have any of this niche conversation. I had no idea who I was going to serve. And the coach that was helping me told me I would figure it out later. Just build it and they will come and you'll just figure this out later. And what ended up happening was multiple course corrections that cost a boatload of time and actually did cost me money. It cost me thousands of dollars. The coach needed you to do it quickly because they wanted you to keep up with the syllabus so they could bill you monthly. Absolutely. And it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. But 
the course correction was painful and it actually damaged my confidence at the time made me think I wasn't right for this. And then I had to go back into getting like a day job, a J-O-B kind of thing. And I really, I really questioned a lot about myself and where there was a little bit of, I'm glad I could question things and learn more deeply about myself. I could have saved myself a whole bunch of time and effort had I done more of the niche conversation. I just don't think people were talking about it like this 10 years ago. I really don't. So can you over niche? Yeah, it's possible, but it would take, um, it would take, a lot of detail, a lot of detailed errors. When you're talking about niching in, you're talking about a list of descriptors for your ideal client. You would be having to add in a ton of them that uh, point you in the wrong direction if you're over niching. I think the bigger problem is under niching, obviously, because you can be too broad and too indescript and vague, and that poses a bigger problem because it can actually. Uh, affect you in more ways than over-niching. Okay. So over-niching is probably something that doesn't happen a lot. Over-niching is bad, doesn't happen a lot, but under-niching is horrible and it happens all over the place. So with your experience and your sort of keen, I don't know, vision of these things, you see it all the time. You're seeing it. You've told me before that you see this like lack of niching or you can actually pinpoint it from a mile away on a ton of different businesses. When you see an example of something niched in, how do you see that working for them? Like what is the, how, what's the big identifier that you're seeing just from like a distance from a glance? How can you tell just by looking at somebody's social media or their website or their programs or something that they're not niched in? You've got this keen ability. It's not just at a glance. It would be terrible if it was just at a glance because there is a level of detail that you go into. Whether people know it or not, they do do a bit of niching in. It's a matter of whether they've done enough detail and whether they've actually found the right answers. I try to triangulate, so to speak. You could look at the social media and you could look at the articles and the posts. You could look at uh, the website and any content on it, listen to any audio they've done, any interviews they've done. The questions you would ask is, are they all pointing in the same direction? Are they all speaking to the same person, first of all? Mm -hmm. And if they're not, that's a problem because then you're not talking to the same ideal client every single time. Mm -hmm. Put that one aside. Then afterwards, are they actually talking to the right person the person who needs their product or service the most or are they too vague or are they talking to the wrong audience are they capturing the attention of the wrong people and I know that kind of sounds uh, a bit vague on its own when I describe that but there are people that when they create a post they have this warm feeling their heart flutters and they're like oh this is the greatest post ever it's gonna get a lot of attention but is that actual post attracting the people that need the product or service the most? Or is it a post that's attracting the people they wish were gonna buy their product or service? But least of all, it's probably gonna be the fact that that post is not attracting the people that it should. There are people that have products and services out there that they're they are attracting and demoing it and pushing it on people that are not their ideal client because unfortunately they attracted the wrong ones through their strategies and their tactics. 
okay, that makes sense. I've had this conversation with clients too, where they want to sell a, like, as an example, a $25,000 mastermind. That's a huge popular thing right now. $25,000 masterminds. By the way, where do you get that number? But anyways, they want to sell these masterminds, but the people they're attracting to their social media with their posts and so on are people who are in year one of their businesses. These are not people who have $25,000 of liquidity to spend on a mastermind. So you've attracted the wrong audience. You want to do this big, you know, this big mastermind. Then you're trying to promote it on social media and you're not getting any bites. You then think that you have the wrong product when it's actually the wrong audience or one of the, or, or vice versa. And that's one of the reasons why when a client says, I want to change who I'm selling to or who I'm marketing to, we take a really close look at who their social media is pointing to, like you like you mentioned, and what articles and all that kind of stuff. And if they're trying to break free and move into a different realm or a different audience, they have to spend the time before the online event, like a summit, attracting those people in. Because if you try and launch an online summit and your whole audience is year one and your summit is to attract people who are making multi six or seven figures, good freaking luck, right? It's not going to work. And it's not... You're, 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 this is where I think like um, it's almost like too fast of a course correct. So if you are going to try and change your niche, it has to be a little bit more gradual and I think uh, intentional. It has to be intentional. Actually, when you started talking about the, uh, the $25,000 mastermind, if you think about from a financial standpoint who they're trying to target, obviously it would be a mistake to target anybody who likely couldn't afford a mastermind over $5,000. But it'd also be a mistake to target people that could afford a $100,000 mastermind. Because that $25,000 price tag, it has a bit of a stature about it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, if you can afford to pay $25,000 to go in this mastermind, uh, you're in a very uh, exclusive group of people. Mm-hmm. So it would be a bunch of people who strive to be a part of that group. So you might be targeting people who could comfortably or just barely afford that price tag feeling that there is a lot of value within that $25,000 mastermind. The people that have a million dollars to spend, those people already have it figured out. They don't need a $25,000 mastermind. No, unless they're trying to do something else, but yeah, agreed. Most of the time, those people have already, those, the, the people that have already succeeded that could easily afford the $25,000 mastermind, they do not have to be concerned about getting that coach. They have different type, types of coaches, yeah, it's different, different types of people. They've, they've probably already gone through the system. They could probably have their own mastermind. But, yes. but the targeting, the prime target audience of the people will say that $25,000 mastermind has a lot of value to me in my current situation. Okay. So let's talk to, let's talk about for a second why or not why, but more like how we can get the people who are completely in their blind spot about their fact that they have a niche problem. How can we either gently tap them on the shoulder or bang them across the head, however we need to do this to get them to see that they have a niche problem? How do you educate people so they can see it in a positive way because not everybody responds to negative enforcement, they like positive enforcement. So how would you, how would you get somebody to see they have a niche problem or a niche blind spot? Congratulations, you just described the hardest thing about my business. I know, so how do you do it? It's very, very difficult. There is a large group of people that believe they have it right, 
and to actually go through a process like this. One they believe they've already done uh, is a non-starter for them and they will keep on doing what they're doing, never feeling that the target audience isn't the problem, it's actually everything else. It could be their marketing or social media manager that's making all the mistakes. Hmm. They could be pointing a lot of fingers at a lot of different people. Seldom do they ever point the finger at themselves or say, wait a second, maybe I miscalculated my direction. Maybe my compass was a little bit off from day one. They don't think like that. That's the big problem right there. The second, they don't think like that or they haven't thought it yet. They haven't thought it yet. You know, the sad part is there's a lot of people that either pivot and change their business or their business fails without ever realizing that that was the problem. Correct. They will vacate the very business they could have succeeded in without ever targeting the right audience. Or they have spent all their money, they decided to get a job working for somebody else. Um, we because, call it the J-O-B. <laughs> yeah, the J-O-B. Because they couldn't make it work. And it could have just been that one thing. There are people that I've helped where when you've pointed it out, it's like you've turned the switch on and they'll all of a sudden realize that, hey, everything else that I can do from this point forward now becomes a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I know specifically who I'm targeting and I know exactly what their pain points are and I know exactly what their behaviors are. I know where they are on social media. I know how to speak to them. I know exactly what to say to them. And now I just have to broadcast in the right places at the right time, the right way. That means when they do their marketing strategies, they're very specific and direct. They're more effective. When they create a website, their content is more specific and more direct to those specific people. And there's no confusion. The people that actually um, are attracted to their words and their messages show up at a place on their website or for their products with a near perfect match saying they've attracted me with these words and now the very thing that they supply which is going to solve my problems is exactly what I need. Your subscriptions and your opt-ins go up, your sales go up, your closing rates go up. Definitely. Uh, from a website perspective there's not going to be so many people popping in on your website and leaving two seconds later suddenly realizing they're in the wrong place. A lot of people will actually go into your website, look around, try and gain everything they can from your website. That's really what you want. That's what Nijing In does. I mean, a lot of people accept really, really lousy numbers and results for things. You know, if you talk about people sending out an email to the email list, if the, if the email list is not niched in, they're going to get these weird numbers that they're going to say, well, 200 people opened up this email out of my list of 2,000 people, but that's 200 people. Aren't you excited? No, I wouldn't be excited about that. I, wouldn't, I don't start to get excited until it starts to exceed one-third of your list. And what about the number of people that click through, mm, right? It's a telling thing. How many people actually follow through on the purchase? You know, all these numbers, we've, we've obviously, the niche problem is big because all these numbers that people look at, some of them are vanity numbers, but the result numbers, they're accepting ones that are far below what they should be as if it's industry standard <laughs> no and i think industry standard numbers suck they do suck i i'm constantly trying to beat them and if you're niched in enough you can see results you've seen this and i've seen this where they say industry standard opt-in rate for a landing page is between you know 15 and 25 percent 
Okay. And what I'm finding is that if I can get a client niched in enough or have they've gone through that process before they even come to me, we can get a landing page to convert uh, between 44 and even 84%. Some of my landing pages have converted at like 90%. There's a huge difference between being completely niched in on your audience and having the right people looking at your landing page so that the traffic is very, very good. I'd rather, and I say this a lot, I'd rather have 500 people opt into an online event that are completely niched in than 2,000 people opt in. And then as soon as you put an offer in front of them, you're having like hundreds of unsubscribes because they're not the right audience. We're on the same page with the whole niche conversation and it does increase your opt-in rates. It does increase the quote unquote industry standard, you know, um, sales rates, all that kind of stuff. What would be the last thing that you'd want to tell people about niche, why it's important or what they should be doing with it? What's your sort of like final thoughts? Before I get into final thoughts, I wanted to revisit what you just said. You're talking about people showing up at a landing page and what they do on it. And I think sometimes we have to take a look at how things operate in real life with your own personal time. If you were to put out, if you were to put out an ad in the newspaper and you owned a retail environment and you tried to attract people to your store and you didn't put the right message on it and those people showed up at your store and they walked in and they realized based off of the things that got them there that they were in the wrong place four times out of five that would be devastating mm-hmm. it shouldn't be any different than the way people view their time online if you actually do your job correctly people should show up at your website not thinking they're in the wrong place four out of five times. Mm -hmm. They should show up on your landing page almost certainly more than half the time or most of the time saying, the thing that actually brought me here was correct in bringing me here and I'm in the right place. Mm -hmm. And for people to accept that 15 to 20% is just crazy. It is. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And there there is no sense in pursuing the, well, if I run a of traffic through and pay for that too, then I'm going to reach my number goals, which great, you might reach your number goals, but it's going to cost you. And in the end, you still might not end up with the right audience. With the price of ads right now, you can't do this anymore. You can't willy nilly. It is so expensive to get traffic these days. Organic to me is always going to be better than paid because it's already warm and it's already, you know, it's, it's pretty niched in. And I think it, I think it delivers better. You're going to get a better cost per lead in my personal opinion. There's an easier way of saying it. The reason why people don't do organic under the system right now, they can't seem to figure out how to do organic. And if you can throw money at the problem, you think you might've solved it, but you haven't. Nope. No, you haven't. There's actually two ways to grow your business. There's either buying your way in or, you know, or building your way in. You can either work for it or you can pay for it. And if you work for it, I think you get a better audience rather than if you pay for it. However, if you are niched in, then you can make paid advertising work. But I don't think you can launch a business with it. I think it's I think it's doom doom and gloom because you're you're not niched in, you haven't built an audience, but we're getting off track and we're talking about paid ads at this point. But um, it is part of niching in, I think, before you want to run a campaign. One of my clients Uh, started a business with a podcast and paid an external source to build that audience with their podcast before they even had an audience. Like they had, they had no listeners, they had nothing. So they were going from scratch and putting paid advertising. It was like pushing a boulder up a mountain, but 
the organic that he started to do alongside of it made that boulder, like added more people to the team to push that boulder up, basically. It made it easier. It wasn't so hard going. And then eventually they hit a crescendo and everything started working. But there was tens of thousands of dollars that were put into the paid advertising because he didn't have the time to work at it. He had to make it work quickly. So he threw cash at it. Did it work? Yeah, eventually. But but it took longer and it took more money. Yeah, it took a ton of money. It took more money than if he had paid me to, to do it for him. <laughs> I just, you know, in that particular case, I would rather um, figure out who the niche or the target audience was in an organic manner, do that really, really well, and then put some dollars behind your ads when you know exactly who you're targeting. Mm -hmm. And that 10000 might not have been 10000 to get his result. That that dollar amount would have been 2000 to get the same result if he was targeting properly. Yep, absolutely. My final thoughts on niching it. It has to be done. One way or another, you're going to do it. And if you don't, and you've got it wrong, things aren't going to go so well. It's going to be a struggle. And I urge people to take a look at it because it can be the one thing that you dismiss. It can be the one thing in your blind spot. It can be the one thing that you think you have covered. Maybe the question is, have you actually talked to somebody who actually knows this stuff? Like, somebody like myself or anybody else who's a niche specialist and said, am I really targeting the right people? Am I targeting, am I targeting the wrong people? Am I just targeting the people I wish to target, but they're still the wrong people? Or am I actually targeting the precisely the right audience? It's worth the conversation. It's worth the conversation. At least have the conversation. Okay. Right. Because, and if you don't want to talk to somebody, I suggest you do this. Take a look at your content. Take a look at something you've done that you think is brilliant. And ask yourself, who do I think I'm talking to when I put this out into the world? Mm -hmm. Who was this speaking to to the point where they had an aha moment and they, they literally felt like they needed to go down the rabbit hole of clicking on the link or pursuing any other piece of my content further? Who was I trying to speak to in this particular post or content? And then once you figure out who that is, was it who you planned on targeting? Was it who you wanted was it the person you had in mind that was going to make your business a success? Or is it the actual person that can benefit the most from your product or service? Figure out if it, that's what's actually happening when you create content. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I think you might have a niche problem. There's a lot of people listening that would have a niche problem. And if you don't think that you do, or maybe you think that you do, then you might want to get in touch with somebody like Jason. We're going to have all the show notes for this episode on oddphonic.com and you can find out everything about Jason there and you can follow him on social and get in touch and have that niche conversation with him so that you can figure out whether or not you're marketing to the right people. Anyways, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And if you're not already checking out this episode on a regular basis, why not hit that subscribe button? There's so much more to come in the Acquire podcast. We've got great guests on the way, as well as solo episodes from me, and they drop every Tuesday. So go and check that out. Thanks so much. Bye.